Bank Talk features thought leadership interviews with bank and credit union executives. If you are the CEO or bank executive or want to be one someday, this is the podcast for you. Learn something new in each episode to help with the performance at your financial institution. Go to banktalkpodcast.com for the latest information. And now, here is our host, Charlie Kelly. Hi, I'm Charlie Kelly, your host of Bank Talk. Uh, today, we have Paul Kundert, the uh, CEO of UW Credit Union, with us. And uh, we're talking about building a brand strategy. Uh, the reason that I know that Paul does such a good job with this type of thing, uh, first in, and foremost, is I had to go through a PR person to get to him. He apparently doesn't take calls directly for podcast operators like myself. And in addition to that, I mean, the way I got to him in the first place was spent an awful lot of time talking to my kids who had gone through the University of Wisconsin um, about finances over the last several years as they've gotten through college. What I learned is they popped out of, of that experience, both being very loyal UW Credit Union uh, members. So I think what, uh, you know, as I think about it, the reason I reached out to the UW Credit Union folks is I think that they've just got a great concept around how to brand yourself and what that branding does for you and your customer base. So let's uh, let's get to it. We're going to have, uh, we'll join Paul in just a minute here. Hi, this is Charlie Kelly. Uh, today we have Paul Kundert, uh, CEO of UW Credit Union. Paul, I noticed on your website that you do not have the history of the credit union or much about yourself as a CEO. Tell us about the UW Credit Union, a bit about yourself. Uh, you know, how'd you start? How long you've been with them? Anything you li- you think our listeners might have interest in? Oh, thanks, Charlie. Well, we do have the history on the website, but we must not have it very easy to find. So it's uh, good feedback. But um, we're a consumer-oriented financial cooperative. Uh, we were started back in uh, 1931. Our founders were uh, economics professors, mostly at UW Madison, and they were, you know, at that time really interested in finding practical solutions uh, uh, to challenges people in Wisconsin faced. And um, that led them to discover financial cooperatives, and actually ended up uh, ended up founding UW Credit Union. So we're still operating today under the same state charter we were actually granted in 1931, which is probably somewhat unusual in the in the financial services business. But we're a product of 89 years of organic growth. There've been no material mergers or acquisitions. We have today about 270,000 members, 700 employees. And our uh, balance sheet assets are about four billion. Um, some of the things that distinguish us, I think, we is uh, we're we have an exclusive retail focus. Uh, we don't offer commercial banking services. Really focused on being the primary financial institution to our members. We serve more than two hundred and twenty thousand checking accounts, which um, uh, puts us in the top forty of all the nation's uh, more than five thousand credit unions in terms of. A checking account success. So, in within Wisconsin, our member deposits place us second uh, among credit unions in Wisconsin. Uh, but we only operate 28 branch locations, and um, of those, seven are actually small footprint campus-based locations. So, I joined the credit union about 17 years ago as CEO. Before that, I had been uh, working at the IBM Employees Credit Union in Minnesota, uh, which has since become a mutual bank. And uh, I started out my career as a CPA with. Uh, uh, RSM McGladry. Okay, that's great. Thanks. I appreciate the background. So, Paul, the reason that um, I invited you on this show, uh, this this show, as you know, is named Bank Talk, and I, some of our listeners might say, you know, why is a 
credit union CEO on a, on a bank talk labeled uh, program. And I guess I would probably say, you know, it doesn't matter whether you work at a bank or a credit union, in our opinion, you know, this, uh, the podcast is, is generally meant to educate, educate anybody in this field to, as to, you know, good ideas and things that might be going on out there that are, are, you know, useful in helping grow your bank of credit. With that little bit of a blurb, I wanted to say that the reason I invited you on the podcast is I have a couple of daughters that graduated from UW-Madison, the University of Wisconsin at Madison. And what fascinated me is the fact that a credit union that, that probably formed to support the employees primarily of the, of the University of Wisconsin system has done such a great job in taking those students and making them sort of lifelong customers. And by that, I mean, they started out with an account there, probably because there were ATMs in the neighborhood. They started out with a credit card to build their credit history both of these things from UW Credit Union, and then they moved on to student loans that they got through UW Credit Union, probably service somewhere else, but they didn't know that. They didn't really understand that, that at the time. And I think that what it was fascinating to me is they became sort of lifelong customers, in my opinion, at a credit union that probably started with a, with a history, you know, very, very similar to, to uh, maybe some of the smaller credit unions or an employee credit union, that type of thing. So with that said, I wanted to say before we begin that I am not currently a UW Credit Union customer. So, you know, this isn't a flack piece. This is just, I, I find it fascinating that somebody with the background of the history could grab these, these millennials, and I'm probably using the wrong term, but grab them and continue to support them through at least, you know, with my oldest daughter being 27 now, you know, you, you kind of grabbed her at 18 and she continues to be a customer on through 27. So I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you speak to that, Paul, if you could just, you know, maybe your philosophy or, or, you know, how that has come to be. Uh, well, I love hearing the story about your daughters. We have had uh, tremendous success in attracting and retaining younger consumers. I myself struggle a little bit with the generational labels. I always seem to be behind in keeping up with them, but about 10% of our membership are of the traditional college age. Um, and about 40% of our members are under the age of 30. Um, so we do well attracting and retaining younger members. Our, our customer demographics actually are close to the state of Wisconsin demographics with a median age of 36. Uh, we seem youthful as a community financial institution because I think the large banks have done so well attracting younger consum consumers that it's a lot of times people are surprised how well we've done with the younger demographic. But we really just reflect the state demographics um, in our, our membership. But we love hearing stories about member loyalty. I will tell you uh, that uh, I love collecting stories where students actually ended up converting their parents to bank here because the parents weren't, um, didn't have the digital tools or didn't think they were getting the level of service wherever they were at that we were providing their students. So that's kind of fun. We actually have a board member who came to UW Credit in that way. He's the CEO of a technology company, but he was converted to membership here because he couldn't believe the, the digital tools that his uh, son and daughter had uh, through their accounts they opened at UW-Madison. So, you know, I would say that uh, serving young people really is in our DNA. Uh, we were started by faculty uh, back in the 30s, and uh, we've been serving uh, students since the 1960s. And, you know, we really do consider it part of our mission to help students succeed. Uh, financial challenges are a significant barrier to completion for many students. So we try to be a force uh, for good and in, in their success. 
and really invest in the relationship during their um, student years. Uh, having a physical present on, presence on campuses uh, does help. It helps forge this immediate, an immediate connection with students, and, and uh, we find having a physical presence is important even today uh, with young people. So our, our strategy for attracting the business is really pretty simple. We just try to show up for students and be there when they need us. So uh, whether it's uh, financial seminars on topics that they're of interest to them, like budgeting, paying for college, saving for uh, your future. We participate in campus career fairs uh, to help folks transfer a transition into you know, post-education years and then getting into the workforce. And we have a lot of products that really are designed and focused on um, Gen Z priorities, which are convenience and efficiency, having the digital tools that... Um, that uh, they expect. And I think, too, our business processes are designed to help nudge uh, people, especially young consumers, towards success. So, for example, you can't create overdrafts with our debit cards. Uh, just we try to design everything to nudge younger consumers into financial success. And then we build that loyalty with them because of the experiences that they've had with us. One thing I noticed is that your signs kind of follow the badger red, right? And from a from a loyalty perspective, you know, I think of the the Badger football team and and you know, sort of the loyalty that's created around that, and probably the number of things that are sold down at the student union, you know, that have a that have a, a Badger logo on them. I, I would imagine that the red in the logo must have something to do with with sort of student loyalty. And you know, one of my one of my friends put it best. They said, "Oh, you know, I can certainly understand how somebody affiliated with the university and an alumni in particular." you know, sort of, sort of migrates to, to anything red, right? <laughs> any Jersey, any what have you, because they want to, you know, they want to show school support. Is that part of the philosophy? Is it, uh, is, you know, conceptually, is that the way you think about your branding, et cetera, is that, you know, kind of pulling at the heartstrings based on the fact that they, it was hard getting into the university in the first place, because it's not a, it's a great organization, hard place to get into. Uh, and then, and then potentially, you know, what they've done since then uh, that they affiliate with their college career. Is that all part of the, the concept, or am I, did I just make that up? Well, um, I think there, there's some truth in that. Um, but, you know, we serve the entire uh, University of Wisconsin system. We're physically branched on um, seven campuses. So uh, we have to be careful to um, connect with and try to support the affinity with students um, across the UW system. And uh, it's true that we're a Madison-based credit union and are historically associated with uh, UW-Madison, but um, uh, the red is actually not the exact red that um, comprises one of the colors of, uh, of the flagship uh, university. But, uh, you know, we just we went through a kind of a significant branding um, effort a couple years ago and just found red to be, um, this, this particular shade of red, uh, to be a uh, space we could occupy. But we, tr- we do try to work hard to be, um, you know, we, to connect with uh, uh, and support the affinity of regardless where the student went, whether it was Oshkosh or Milwaukee, uh, La Crosse, um, Whitewater. And we actually offer uh, branded debit cards uh, that support um, those schools and, and, and people's connections to those schools. But certainly affinity, the affinity element is in the um, mix. And it does play a role, I think, in retention somewhat. Okay, good. Yeah, so I get. Yeah, I guess that's a good concept, right? I undershot it a little bit in that, in that 
if if your expansion has gone out to all of the university affiliates, I think the the Milwaukee team's got one set of colors. Whitewater is the is the purple, right? <laughs> so there's a different set of colors that that maybe aren't affiliated with that, you know, UW red or the uh, Badger red. So Paul, I want to just kind of pull this thing back in a little bit more. I, I graduated from a University of Wisconsin uh, school, and now again, you know, without dating myself too much, that was you know many years ago. But I don't think back in the day that I would have thought of, even if there was a credit union that was available to me, right? I don't think that I would have thought of joining that, maybe, you know, leaving my current bank and joining that bank. And and mostly I think it was, you know, some of it, I think back in the day was perception. Uh, and, and secondly, I think that I would not have maybe even back then had the tools to sort of go from uh, a student account per se, uh, and and then eventually transition that to my real life after college. Can you tell me a little bit about just, and I know we touched on this a little bit, but from a transition perspective, I would I imagine that in getting to 40, that 40% that you mentioned earlier of, you know, um, folks that are sort of uh, below 30 years old, right, that there must have been a transition within UW Credit Union at a point where they said, all right, we've got to go more heavily at these students. We've got to, you know, do things that are branding based, um, that are that are more focused on not only their life now, but their life after. Can you give me just a little bit of perspective on that? Sure. I think that, you know, we have had a focus on serving the whole campus community uh, from from the 1960s on. We started as a faculty credit union and until about the mid-1960s, you could only join as a student if you were a graduate-level student. And then in the late 1960s, um, uh, the, about just before the system consolidated in Wisconsin in about 1970, we opened up membership to undergraduate students and um, followed the university across the whole system as that was created in Wisconsin. But, you know, we've enjoyed tremendous success with students for years, but the retention of their accounts after graduation really expanded in the late 1990s and uh, into the early 2000s. And the reason is, I think, because of the, um, the ability to offer uh, digital solutions that um, uh, minimize the need for a physical branch. Students attending uh, any of the uh, UW campuses, as they went back to uh, uh, their home markets or uh, left the state entirely, uh, we were able to retain their business because of the investments we made in um, uh, digital strategies. Uh, one of the thing that, things that differentiates us is we develop in-house all our member-facing technologies. So we were, we were the uh, first Wisconsin-based financial institution back in, I think, 1995 to offer uh, computer banking. I think it was a dial-up service before uh, we transitioned to internet a few years after that. But but um, it was really the development of the digital tools that gave you the opportunity, if you could make a connection with a consumer to retain their business and to uh, enjoy the, their business and develop the relationship after their student years. Uh, Paul, and I think um, similar to your board member, I did the same thing uh, that probably that, that he or she did. Um, I asked my daughter to show me what they were impressed with in tools, right? And so very specifically, I said, you know, go on your mobile app, show me what's going on there, right? Is it, you know, is it a, a credit score? Is it, you know, what, what's impressive about your ability to do, you know, basic functions for one, whether that be, you know, make a deposit, a check deposit, you know, those, those types of things that you'd call table fare or, or you know, uh, 
minimum, you know, sort of minimum requirements to do banking these days. And then beyond there, right, what else do they offer? What else is coming up that, you know, when you're looking for a financial product, what's popping up and how do they get there? And it was, it was a pretty interesting experience. And I don't know if those are internal tools or external tools, you know, from a, from a tech perspective. I, I think that the experience from a, at least from a student and, you know, and somebody that going up maybe into their late 20s, early 30s, it, it seems to be a pretty decent package of offerings and, and a tool that's easy enough to use seems to be a combination of those two that, that you know, keeps them impressed enough to not move their account to, a, to, to another financial institution. Would you agree with that? Or can you expand on, on just, you know, how you thought about technology spend and how you thought about that investment? And, uh, you know, does that, does that lead or follow today as you think about, you know, the next thing you're going to offer your, your client base? Well, uh, as I said, we do develop our own member-facing technology in-house, and that's a huge undertaking but it, for an institution our size, but it is also a huge differentiator. Uh, we're kind of in a sweet spot, in my view, where we're uh, large enough to have uh, talent in-house, that the uh, technology resources, but we're still small enough that we have a very tight feedback loop between our developers who are literally designing the user interfaces and, and our member, the end user. And uh, we work really hard to capture member feedback and report it through the organization. And it really does uh, influence and help us optimize the member's digital experience. And it's constantly being refined. I just have had a belief that a medium or small financial institution like ours uh, often ends up at the back of the line in in vendor-delivered innovation. So we've just decided uh, not to wait in that line. And so we have had a history of embracing innovations on the horizon and moving quickly to to integrate them. We've had a sort of keep a list of all the uh, firsts we've had rolling out innovation technology to our members. Going back, the first thing on the list is uh, 1976. We were the first credit union in the U.S. to offer their members credit cards. And um, we're the first Wisconsin financial institution to instant issue debit cards. And I believe we were among the first 20 uh, FIs in the world to offer Apple Pay. The most recent, we were the first Wisconsin financial institution to offer uh, Zelle so people could move money uh, through that platform. Uh, We're always looking for opportunities to add value, innovate, and add to the perceived value of our digital tools, uh, offering the credit scores. We were the first credit union in America to offer uh, consumers directly their credit scores for free. So I think that's part of the strategy we've had and something that's enabled us to enjoy very high retention rates. Every year, we try to identify new ways we're giving value to people. And it's either you're going to have to lower the price in something you provide, or you're going to have to give people something new in terms of a new feature, uh, a new innovation, something that enhances convenience. And that discipline, I think, has really helped us just consistently every year seek out what is the new feature we're going to offer? What is the new extra people are going to get? Uh, uh, and, and that we have, I think, developed a sense in our membership that we are going to stay current. They're not missing anything by uh, retaining their account with us. And total value package, I think, has resonated. We have over 98% uh, member retention every year. Uh, which is pretty significant uh, in terms of building a customer base long term. So w- one question related to since since your development team is largely in-house related to the uh, customer facing tech, uh, may I ask 
where you're recruiting them. Are you recruiting uh, you, because you're Madison based or, or uh, it seemed like a, a chunk of the organization is based in the Madison area. Are you recruiting them out of the same university you support? Is that being done, you know, in other places, you know, and I, and the, where I'm going with that is I would think that, you know, as you look at some of the large technology providers, the person that's heading up strategy or the person that's heading up, you know, what goes into the next product might be somebody who's in their 50s, right? <laughs> Whereas an organization that is pulling right from the same organization, uh, pulling from the community, right, may have a much better touch with what that age group is looking for. Can you can you expand on that? Or is that, again, is that another thing I just made up? Or is that something that, that you feel helps you be a little more uh, dynamic in how you create or, or decide what apps going in next? Well, Madison has been a terrific market for us to be um, call our home market. Uh, we employ almost 600 people in the greater Madison area. And Madison has uh, is developing technology-based economy. And so we have not had challenges of recruiting and retaining uh, developer staff. I think a few things are helping with that success. Uh, one is you know, people that have those skills and talents are in demand. And we're, I think we're trying to be the kind of organization they want to be associated with being an organization uh, with high employee culture, uh, being an organization that is committed to business practices that are good for consumers, good for the, com- uh, the community. And I think too, we're uh, of the size institution where people that are in uh, development field here gets to see their, uh, their software implemented. They get to see it uh, get visibility in the community. Um, with the customer base we have, it's very likely that developers here, their neighbors used by their friends. And so we're, we're sort of in that, in that world where it hasn't been a challenge for us to, um, to retain the talent we need to be successful in, in deploying our own digital solutions. Um, the challenge is an intellectual challenge in terms of knowing where to put resources, seeing what's coming next, and knowing what we can do. In some cases, we'll go buy a, a technology behind the scenes to facilitate whatever we're trying to offer, um, but knowing we're going to do the integration, we're going to uh, control how it's presented, explained, and and make it intuitive. So there certainly are, there certainly are challenges there. But, it, you know, and generally, Madison has been a great community for that. And you're, to your point, I think, yeah, having a, a Big Ten university um, in Madison, uh, attracting people as students, and then um, uh, providing employment opportunities afterwards, it all fits together. Okay, great. So I've got uh, just two more questions for you. Uh, so the, the first one would probably be, I noticed that you have, and this is just kind of goes to your strategy, right? You know, as much as kids don't use cash anymore, I did notice that I think I can find a UW Credit Union branded ATM you know, anywhere, probably uh, there's got to be, feels like thousands, but I'm sure it's less than that in the Madison area. Same thing, you know, even in the Milwaukee suburbs, I've seen an awful lot more, you know, of your branding, et cetera. But is that ATM strategy of, you know, get an ATM everywhere you can. So the sign's there and everybody passes it every day. You know, is that, is that part of the footprint strategy too? Or, or uh, can you give me just two seconds on that? Well, it absolutely is. I mean, the, the use of ATMs is declining, but the idea of having, we have about 100 ATMs deployed in uh, uh, Madison, Milwaukee area. And another part of that strategy is we don't charge anyone to use our ATMs. We don't have a terminal fee. And um, we may be, 
you know, I don't know, we may be one of the last financial institutions not to impose a terminal fee, but we certainly don't. One of the reasons is we want to make a great impression to everyone on campus, and it's in our mission not to collect fee income from students. So they don't have much money. We don't want to take it from them. But uh, building goodwill and having those, the visibility of those ATMs is definitely part of the strategy. Great. Okay, last question then. As you think about what other financial institutions could do, Again, most of them are, you know, most of our listeners probably are not going to be of the size. And you and I have had previous conversations related to you sort of need a momentum size, right? There needs to be a certain amount of retained earnings for you to be able to really put up the, you know, the tools, et cetera. As you think about an organization that maybe were, was where UW Credit Union is now when you started with them, right? What things can other financial institutions do to, you know, kind of look towards what their customer base is doing and, and, you know, see if they can't find tools that better support them. You know, would you, would you, and I guess I'm going to, I'm going to start that question over just a little bit in saying, is there, um, you know, would you recommend building internally or, or, you know, is it some combination of building tools internally and and maybe using a vendor related tool? That's a, that's a tough uh, challenge. And, you know, to be honest, if we hadn't started down this this uh, track in 1998 and, and made a major reinvestment in 2009 in the commitment to control our own uh, member experience digitally, I'm not sure we could see undertaking it from scratch today. There definitely is a historical benefit in having grown up with it as an organization and, and stayed with it. I came from a shop in uh, Minnesota where at a billion dollars, we were um, not only managing and developing our own digital tools, we were uh, still developing, maintaining our own core system. So uh, that's not something I'd recommend to anyone. Probably maybe didn't make sense even then. But uh, certainly when I came here, one of the things the board uh, liked was the fact that I was had been a part of a development operation and um, wasn't uh, intimidated by that. But um, I think if you, you really have to see that as being all in on that being, for us, it was because we're not pursuing commercial, we're all in on the uh, consumer experience, we're 100% retail, <clears throat> and it made sense for us. But, you know, I think the other challenge, too, that people have to keep in mind is maintaining the accounts of students is not a profitable operation. You have to believe in your ability to retain those accounts long term to, to, to have a payback. Uh, we've been able to do that. We've been having experience in doing that since, um, as I said, since the 1960s. So we've got a niche that uh, we have expertise in and knowledge in. Certainly to stay relevant, every financial institution has to figure out what their proposition is to renew their customer base, to attract younger consumers. I'd be uh, probably cautious about recommending others follow our do-it-yourself uh, approach without really thinking about the commitment and investment that, it was, that it's going to take. Okay. That's a great perspective. And I think that as I, as I think about um, what you just said, right, uh, the student accounts are never the profitable ones. They never have any money in the bank, right? I mean, again, speaking from my kids' experience, right? <laughs> there's, there's never a dollar there. But then also, as I see them transition into other uh, you know, portions of their life, I think that's probably where the payback comes. And I would imagine that, you know, maybe just the, the growth of UW Credit Union over time has probably benefited from that, from that being able to take a student and keep them as, as they grow through other phases of their life. Uh, you know, I would imagine that at that point, certain point, there's, there's a profitability level that shows up and it, it, it isn't, you know, when they're buying pizza 
for, you know, four kids because they only have 20 bucks between them. Well, okay, Paul, thank you. I I appreciate your time. And, um, you know, in in the event that we've got uh, follow up questions from our users, you know, love to love to kind of hook you back in at some point, maybe get you in for a future episode. But uh, in the meantime, just appreciate your time and your and your perspective on this. Well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to, to visit with you today and look forward to staying in touch. Okay, just wanted to thank Paul for joining us and, uh, you know, sharing some of his war stories, sharing some of his experiences. And, uh, you know, I just can't uh, reiterate what I think a strong brand, the UW Credit Union brand is in the Wisconsin area. And, uh, you know, they seem to do a fantastic job of, of, you know, getting into student early and then making that student sort of a lifelong disciple per se. And uh, I hate to use disciple as a word, but uh, it just seems like it fits just the way these guys are going about things. So thank you for joining us and keep on learning. Thank you for listening to banktalkpodcast.com. We understand there are many podcasts out there and that you've selected ours. So thank you. Go to banktalkpodcast.com for more information. If you like the podcast, please share the podcast and tell all your friends about it. Once again, banktalkpodcast.com.